Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, this is Rebecca Levy. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Bites. Today I am joined by Natalie Diaz, author of What to Do When You're Having Two. I should say best-selling author, because <laughs> people are desperate for that twin information. And she is the founder of Twiniversity, the leading website for mothers and dads of multiples. Doesn't even just have to be two, Truth. right? We, we feel for those other moms, triplets, quintuplets. Um, and for... I'm on the phone with Andrea Smith, who couldn't be with us in the studio today, so we have figured out the technology to beam her in via phone, so old-fashioned. Yay for technology! <laughs> so Andrea's on the phone with us. She's going to give us her lowdown on uh, hot gadgets and tech, and I think we're ready to go. Yeah, ladies? I'm in. Ready. <laughs> we're going to talk about three topics today. The first is going to be based on a post that Natalie actually wrote this week that she said the Huffington Post did not let her put up. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that, too, um, about never being good enough, never feeling good enough as a mom. Um, topic two will be all about taking a tech holiday. There are a lot of parents who might do a tech Shabbat. Uh, Tiffany Schlein started that, where it's just one day without technology for your whole family, believe it or not, um, or it might be the vacation you're planning or spring break, or you might pick a place intentionally tech-free. And topic three, we're going to talk about celebrities. We're going to talk about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt hiring mm. cybersecurity experts to monitor their children's social media accounts. Another twin mom. Another twin mom. That's so true. She has so many, though. Yeah. It sort of doesn't count, right? <laughs> <laughs> she just added more to the mix. Okay, so let's tackle this first one. Natalie, why don't you kick it off? Because you wrote this post about never good enough. Oh, my goodness. So I wrote, I love to write right before I go to bed. It's like if I say I go to bed at 11.30, I start writing at 11.30, and I speak most of my articles. Thank God for Siri. So I wrote, it was my kid's birthday. My whole family had come over. My husband's grandmother was there, and she's 84 years old. She's originally from Puerto Rico. She came here as a teenager, struggled, like typical New York story or really, you know, U.S. story that she worked her way up in the ranks. But she came from a generation where... You know, there was a hot meal on the table every day, and she ironed everything that they owned. Literally, I'm not even part of this. I'm not even kidding, but it's true because my husband lived with her when he was in college. His family was living in New Jersey, and he went to school in Manhattan, and she was in Brooklyn. So he lived with her, and she would iron his underwear. I'm really, I'm not even kidding you kids. So this is the type of person that she is. And before we got married and before I had kids, when she would visit... I would go so far as to like retouch the paint in oh my, my apartment. God. Yeah, this is her because her house is like an operating room. Everything, she has a white rug, a white couch, white walls, and wow. she loves it like that. Like that makes her so happy to have it so clean. So they all came over for the kids' party, and uh, my kids' birthday and my husband's birthday is the same day. It's a big, big wow. Diaz family bash. So I bought my husband this giant TV, and I had um, the guys come and install it. And they said, oh, it's going to be 20 minutes. They were there for two and a half hours. <laughs> so things that I wanted to get done, I didn't. So she came in. The house was a wreck. And she was like, she was giving me that look. 
And then she went into the kids' room and she told the kids, you really need to keep your rooms neater and whatever. And then she would tell them, like, you have to pick up the laundry, you know, from the bathroom or whatever. Because seriously, at this point, truthfully, I'm married for 15 years. I'm with my husband forever. You know, I'm not a slob, but I do the best that I can. But no matter what, it is definitely not good enough for her. And what does he do? Your husband. My, my husband thinks that I should ignore her. So he But he is, doesn't help clean up. Oh, definitely not. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. no way. No way, Jose. He is a take me as I am. This is what right. you get. So she was being so judgy during dinner and like and I made a meal there was 17 of us and I cooked a meal for 17 people we had exactly what they wanted I made like fresh coleslaw like I went like hardcore but the kitchen counter was a wreck and there was like screws on the floor and we have just gotten a puppy let's not this (laughs) so now she's peeing and pooping all over the place and she's losing her mind so as I'm going to sleep that night I start I feel it like I feel like I'm really not good enough and I really should have you know did better time management and I shouldn't have worked at all that day and I should have just made sure that the house was clean and that everything was done and then I laid down and I I looked at um, Twiniversity and I looked at the post and somebody one of my team members Deanna got all of my people together and they all wrote a note to me about the twins birthday and they were all like, thank goodness for you, because if it wasn't for you, I would have never found this group, but I would have never found support. And it kind of pulled me out of that. You are good enough, Nat. Like, seriously, truth. You don't iron anything. I don't right. buy clothes that Ooh, need to irons. be an ironed. <laughs> That's it. I love Old Navy stuff, but if I see a wrinkle on it, I'm like, if it's got a wrinkle on the rack, it's not coming Oh, my home. God. I just re-wet it and, like, stretch it and hang it in the bathroom. I'm not even there. <laughs> like, I bought the downy wrinkle release. Definitely. It doesn't work. Also, don't use that on your skin. <laughs> I, wrinkled, while it was on you. I wrinkled released while I was wearing it, and it left a rash oh, all oh on my, my skin. Good Great. times. God knows what's in that, then. Listen, whatever. It worked. At least nobody knew. <laughs> I just needed a little hydrocortisone when I was fine. But I had this whole thing that I wasn't good enough, and I wrote this great article, and I'm a writer for the Huffington Post, and I submitted it to them, and I, you can't make this up. They, they said, you know, we think that this is great, but we're just going to have to pass at this time. No, they never tell you why. But the moral of the story was, I'm right. I'm not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't good enough for Huffington. I'm not good enough for them. <laughs> So it became like this this big funny joke amongst my friends and family that they're all mocking me saying, you're right, Nat, you're not good enough. Right. Nobody likes you. Nobody <laughs> wants you near them. Uh, uh, your house is, is filthy. Your kids hate you. But of course, none of that is. Well, my house is filthy, but my kids do love me. But uh, I, I posted it again on Twiniversity because, of course, I could post it on my own site. I don't right. really need to post stuff That's on the Huffington. Of it. Yeah, so I always have a venue to uh, kind of get my voice out there. But with Twiniversity, I genuinely try to keep my voice out of it, as weird as that sounds. I try to make it a very generic, non-nat show, just very heart of twin parents uh, all over the world, really. So I put it up, and I got an amazing amount of responses of people that were like I hear you that's me that's my mother-in-law oh that's my you know my husband's aunt who comes over and does that all the time and it's funny how we're just of a different generation and the way that we prioritize is very differently because true 
she, her kids always had ironed underwear, but she was <laughs> that never. Everyone saw. Yeah, right. <laughs> like everybody knew, but she never went to, and she'll admit, like she never went to school to read books, and they didn't right. go to to the zoo a lot, and they didn't do a lot. She had just different priorities. Her priorities weren't. Um, you know, balancing her children socially or emotionally. Her priorities were things that she could control, which right. was like the house and whatever. And I guess I don't fear the stuff that I can't control. I try to control everything. But, but you know, it just means priorities are different because I will tell you, the standing joke in my house, you know, every time we were looking, when we were house hunting 10 years ago, every time we looked at a house that had a built-in ironing board or a room for an ironing board and an iron, my husband would say, I'm sorry, my wife does not know what that is. This does not excite her. It just, I mean, I've never owned an iron. He has an iron in the basement that he uses in his workshop. But, I mean, that's a priority for me. I'd, I don't make my, when my son was growing up, I didn't make him make his bed every morning because it just, there were bigger things. There were more important things to me than that battle. It's and really, I think I don't know. I, I think I, it's a generational thing too. Mm -hmm. Like you, you establish your priorities and what works for your life. So you're great at the things that you do, but maybe not so great at the things that other people prioritize. Right. I so I grew up um, with a mom who was just a slob to the nth degree. I grew up in a house that was just always, and it was a brownstone. So and, and so obviously my mother wasn't going to clean. I mean, it was like overwhelming mm -hmm. in and of itself. Um, but there were always like piles of crap everywhere and things stacking up. And my thing is we always ran out of toilet paper. So <laughs> I can't even tell you how much toilet paper is in my house. Like my cousin jokes at me all the time. She's like, how much toilet paper do you have? And that, I have so it's much toilet enough. paper in my house. And I live in a tiny New York apartment. I'm like, I don't care. I will shove it into every cabinet yes. I can find. I hear you. Um, but I had, I have totally lost. There have been key times where I have lost it because I find myself like cleaning my bathroom because it's gotten to that point where it's just gross like mm -hmm. where you can't just like take the Clorox wipe and wipe down the yes. sink and be like woohoo it looks fine um, and I'm like why am I the one doing this why I worked the whole I worked a full day mm -hmm. and somehow either made dinner or ordered dinner one or the other but I got dinner on that damn table and I'm helping my kids with their homework and I'm probably once they are done with their homework I'm going to go back and do more work yes. after they eat dinner like yes. after 7:30 I'm back on the computer doing work cuz it never ends when you yes. own your own business and my husband works a full day but it doesn't even occur to him no to like, oh, I have an hour right now in the morning on a Sunday, I'll vacuum. Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, oh yeah. my God, you know what? I got to vacuum. I got it. I can see this gross hair on my kid's rug or like whatever it is. And I lose it. I was like, just going to say, how long does it take for you to go like postal? <laughs> it, it takes me a while and then I really lose it. I probably oh, better I off losing that. it like a little bit at a time, um, but I don't want to save it up. Oh. Um, and it probably coincides with, you know, that time of the month that you're not supposed to admit to your husband that does oh, affect no. you. you know, I write it on the calendar. Right. It's like, listen, <laughs> this week, things got to get done. <laughs> like, just stay out of my way. That's Either help it. or stay out of my way. But it can't be like, what can I do? What can I? That's oh. like my least favorite question. What can you do? Like, there's oh, a pile of things there. God. So I have a couple key things, and this is totally, so my mom was a total slob. And so were her siblings because my grandmother was totally anal. Ah, okay. And so, okay. and my dad used to say he used to look forward to my grandmother coming because he knew like the silverware drawer would get reorganized. Yes, <laughs> like, whatever. Um, so I have two couple key things from my grandmother that I do every day, and it's totally because of my grandmother. And one is make my bed. It's funny you say that, Andrea, because I feel like if I can just make my bed, mm -hmm. it changes your whole bedroom. It's true. And so even if I have like a pile of crap on my night table and a pile of crap over there, like I don't know that 
that made bed. I like to like pull it down at night and get mm. back into it. Um, and kitchen sinks, sinks full of dishes. Yes. That's the other thing. I can't leave my house if I have a pile of dishes in the sink. But other than that, like we uh, could live together. Yeah. Yeah. The moral of this story <laughs> is that we could Laverne and Shirley this now. You know, it's yes. so funny because the sink full of dishes. My husband knows. Like if I've been traveling on business or just out all day, and I come home and there's dishes in the sink, and it's the first thing I see because I come into the back of the house and into the kitchen. It's like it just sets my mood for the whole oh, yes. evening. He yes. knows it. My son knows it. But I think goes out of his way to leave his dishes in this thing just to annoy me and see if he can get me to say something to him. Yeah. <laughs> so oh they both deal gosh. with it in different ways, but that's my thing. But it does come down to like when you feel like you're never good enough. Um, and I'm I'm also a twin mom, as Natalie knows. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show yet. But um, when my girls were little, I had this crazy sort of guilt complex of I didn't want them to have less because they were born at the same time. Mm-hmm. So breastfeeding, had to do it. Like, if there was one, I would have done it. So why shouldn't I do it for two? So I was a freaking hooked up to a pumping machine, you know, 24 hours a day because I I felt like, why should they have less? It wasn't their fault they were born at the same time. Um, You know, all those kinds of things. Like, they were on a schedule, but it was taking them out and then feeling guilty. Like, then you'd hear people say, oh, you have to give them one-on-one time when they're a twin. That's so important. I'm like, I can't It's The Bachelor all of a sudden, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which twin will get the final rose? Right. I know. I I feel you. I can't do that. Like, I can't. It became so crazy mm-hmm. feeling like, okay, now, but now they're always together and are we seeing them as a unit? And now I need, they need one on one time so they can individualize. And my girls are identical, right? So, like, there was that added thing of they mm-hmm. need their own. And then I kind of realized, like, I can't give that to them. I can't be the person who's like apportioning equal amounts. It's sometimes one of them screaming, crying. That mm-hmm. one gets more attention that day. Yes. You know, one of them's sick, one of them gets more attention that day. The other one will get sick anyway. So like just hang on and wait. But I think that guilt is so compounded when you're a mom of multiples. I really it's do. It's horrible. It feels that there's so much to it too, because there was also for a very long time I had this whole guilt that I wasn't like a real twin mom mm-hmm. because I had IVF. And so oh, I yeah. had like, I'm illegitimate. I'm not a real <laughs> twin mom. And then when I would freak out over like having twins, my sister would always say, you know, you paid extra for this. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you see that? You see all that vomit on the floor right now? You paid extra for that. <laughs> that's what you get. That's that's you your the problem. Bonus. It's like yeah, ginsu knives. Bonus. Plus we'll yes, throw in plus vomit. One. Oh my <laughs> plus goodness. But yeah. there's all these little things like with with the kid's birthday, I always make um, cupcakes and I make cakes and cookies and stuff. And this year I said to my daughter, I was like, Red, I call my daughter Red. She's got flaming red hair. I was like, Red, do the kids even care that they're homemade? And she's like, no. Right. We just want cupcakes. I said, so wait a second. So I could go to Costco and get uh, cupcakes for $6. Right. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. I said, what? Like, I had this epiphany, and I was like, oh. But now, of course, I bought those, and now I still feel bad well, now you're that gonna, I didn't make them. Now you're going to decorate them yourself, right? That's the other trick, is, like, buy them at Costco, oh, and then you, like, I didn't think of that. just put some decoration thing on top that customizes Crap. <laughs> the trick. DYI it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, kind of, we're parenting in this Pinterest mm-hmm. world now, mm-hmm. and it just adds to that, where no one, you know, someone could set up the perfect photo shoot of their dining room table, and you don't <sighs> see the piles of crap behind sitting on the them. couch behind yeah. it, right? Like, so all you're seeing are these glimpses of perfection, and I think, unfortunately, our kids are seeing that, too. Like, whether they're on 
a Pinterest or maybe they're on Instagram and they're only seeing everyone's best and they have no way to judge that at all. They I'm don't writing this that. down. I'm going to start a new revolution <laughs> called reality <laughs> on Pinterest. I think we're going to start a new pin board and I will. I'll do this today. Okay, we're going to start a new pin board on Twiniversity. So it's just Pinterest slash Twiniversity. We're going to start a new pin board and it's going to be called reality. So we, I think it's Perfect. time. If you have a pile of laundry that hasn't been done in six months, and your winter clothes are now good yes. again, or your summer clothes are good again. But I think we really need to see that because it would make us feel better. It always right. makes or me take feel your better. Cupcakes that you know you decorated and they turned out like crap, and take a picture of it. Right, and say, these are mine. I right, it. it doesn't have to be cake racks. Right, it doesn't have to be that extreme that like it was something bizarre. It could just be like this is really this is just it. It's not <sighs> like a total disaster, yes. but it's total. It's just reality. And all right, Natalie's going to put that up. We're going to link to it on our Facebook page so everybody Definitely. can pin to it. We'll come up with a good hashtag. So no matter where you pin or Instagram, we will find it. We will. I will. I'll promise. You, I'll come up with something. We'll call it like reality bites. <laughs> so we'll yes. call it for our parenting bites with a Y. With a Y. Yes. Little bites of information. Little bites of disaster. Amen, sister. Girl. So the bottom line is, we're all good enough. To, I feel like that's SNL Amen. skit when, when he right. should be you're like, good "You're enough, good enough. You're smart <laughs> enough. Smiling. And people like you. Right. Damn it. Somebody sent that to me on Facebook. They sent me a picture <laughs> of him looking in the mirror. And I'm like, thanks, guys. And, and I don't know what the Huffington Post was thinking. I think if you just wrote it as like, 10 reasons I failed as a parent, they would have yeah. published it. They science. love that. Like, if you make a list, right. they love lists. Why couldn't you, you need to make a listicle on all the ways you sucked that week? And, and I'm going to be like, lit number one, Huffington Post doesn't think I'm good enough. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> I'll post it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank great. you. All right. We're going to segue to... Maybe this actually marries this, this whole idea of taking a technology mm. break or a tech Shabbat, as Tiffany Schlein calls it, where you just have your day or your week. I don't care if it's an hour at this point. It feels like you can't get away for an hour of just unplugging mm-hmm. yourself and your family um, in a very conscious way, not a punishment, <laughs> you know, which is the way we take away technology yes. in my house, um, but as a planned break. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Do you ever take a break, Natalie? I do-ish. <laughs> Is that an answer? So we Ish. we plan it. Okay, so the the rodents have to read thirty minutes a day. That's a requirement. Okay, as a writer, they need to respect words. And I'm I'm sorry. I love me a Kindle, but they need to read a book. They need to smell it. Like yeah. there's there's a scent to ink on paper that you can I can't describe it. Yeah. So everybody knows that. And I think it's getting lost, especially as schools move move towards kind of these electronic textbooks. They're going to lose that. And, you know, an, an interesting thing is, is when we first published the book, which is a little over a year now. So it was my book anniversary was in December of um, this past year. And I thought when we launched it that Kindle sales would be like crazy town and that nobody was going to buy the book. And I believe that uh, Penguin actually thought the same thing. So they, my first run of my books was very low. It was a very low run. And it sold out remarkably fast. Because so it's a gift, that book. They, not only people using it as a gift, but you know who bought it? 
libraries. Oh, that's I'm in libraries around <laughs> the country. Yes, guys, if you see my book in a library, just take a picture. It makes me feel very, very happy. Take a picture and send it to me. Put it on sense. my Facebook page. When you find out you're pregnant with twins, yeah. can I say, okay, first you find out you're pregnant, you're desperate for a book, and everyone you get the stupid what, what to expect and you're expecting yes. the scares of shit. Which is all singleton-based. Yeah, it's singleton-based and, like, not okay. No. Um, and then you get just, I was desperate for multiples books and there were so few and a lot of the ones that there were were also fear-based yes and it's sort of the last thing you already have your doctor scaring you you don't also need the book scaring the hell out of you all the time i think well i base the book on um stuff that we always talked at our local multiples club so i was i'm still the director of the manhattan twins club here in the city and that's my my little baby uh it's my third baby fourth baby whatever but we had the same topics came up every month and so I wrote down, I started seeing, obviously, I saw what was trending in the meetings <laughs> before the word trending existed, because this was a while ago now. So I noticed that everybody wanted a, to know the same things, and it was pretty much help breastfeeding and strollers. Those were like the the things that came up every single freaking month. So I wrote this down, and I was like, you know what, let me compile some information to them. And so then I would, you know, run off copies of stuff back in the day. You did, I, we still weren't even using email. Look, look, that wasn't even that long ago. My kids are 10 years old, yet I feel like a dinosaur yeah. when it's like, I made copies for people, <laughs> you know? So I did all that, and then I, I went to NYU, and I went to St. Luke's, and I was like, guys, listen, I know you have a, a birthing program. Could you add these topics in? And they're like, no, we don't think that it's appropriate. You know, multiple births are only 3% of the population, so we're not going to do it. Not New York. So that, right? <laughs> it's totally true. So it's it's a little bit more than that. So one in one in 30 deliveries is a multiple birth here in our fine city and a few other cities in the country. Um, Denver actually has the highest rate of multiple births than us. So I know this this was very important and nobody was paying attention to it. So they didn't want to do it. I started teaching these twin university classes in downtown New York City, thinking like if two people showed up, who cares, whatever, kept me off the streets. And they grew and grew and grew. And so the classes then grew into the book because I can't go. I, I do. I've, I've been to L.A. a little bit to teach classes. I've done them in Chicago and St. Louis and down in Miami. But I can't do that. I don't want to travel. I'm missing right. my kids too much. So I wrote this book. And the book is very, like, if you had a best friend who had twins, it's kind of the insider twin mom info. And it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of all these other twin moms who I'm friends with. So, But I'm friends with mo twin moms who were NICU nurses right. and obstetricians and nutritionists and lactation consultants. So I was like, hey, guys, I need your two cents on this. And so we put together this book, and it's been really doing very well but i'm shocked at how many people are buying the book right and not downloading the kindle that is really interesting so in your own home how do you do you guys ever say like okay this weekend we usually do a day we're like okay this sunday we give everybody plenty of notice because I don't want to spring it on them as a punishment in the morning. It'd be right. like, everybody, on Sunday, we're going to just have, we, we call it a media blackout. We're having a media blackout on Sunday, and everybody just needs to know, my husband included. It's got to be everybody. It's, it's got to be nothing. everybody. But I, I despise the fact that I always feel attached to my phone, and now if I'm not, if I don't even have it, I feel, um, I, I just feel scared. Is that a weird word? But it's true. No, I feel like, oh, my God, what if somebody's choking and right. I have to call 911? You know, you can't even find a payphone anymore if no. you really needed one. I think part of it, right, is that 
feeling of there's the fear of missing out mm-hmm. um but there's also how much it's like an appendage yeah to your body like how, you know how people used to smoke cigarettes like that'd be what they did so yes. now you look at your you look at your phone you look at your phone you look at your phone it's nothing even to look at on the weekends we all know it nothing's happening on the weekend but it's still it's just yes. a habit it's like a nervous habit andrea do you ever take a break a forced you know, break it's funny because you're right you do it is a habit it's kind of and it's also become kind of something to do when you're waiting you know like if you're waiting for you know if you're waiting at the gym or you're waiting online at the store you you know you don't look around you don't talk to other people and make small talk anymore you take out your phone and you mm-hmm. look and see if there's email and if there's no email you check your tweets and then you go on facebook and you know i i find myself doing that way too much um, and I am amazed when I can sit down. I'm not a huge TV watcher, but when my husband and I sit down on the couch and watch TV for an hour, I'm amazed that I can sit there without my phone and the world didn't end. Or, you know, I consciously go to the gym and I don't bring my phone in from the car. And it's a really conscious decision because it is like an appendage now. You just don't go anywhere without it. So. Um, you know, my my son is older, as I've said before, and, and I do try to ban him from having his phone and texting while we're eating dinner. But I feel like, uh, you know, if I had kids at that age, I would definitely try to set that example and, and just put it down. It is the, not the number one reason, but top three reasons I send my kids to sleepaway camp. Hmm. I will say, like, it didn't even really occur to me the first year they went. I was so scared about them going. I didn't think about the, oh. that other stuff. Um, they don't have electricity in their box, so they can't, and they're not allowed. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, my God. Um, and they're not allowed to bring any devices. They can bring, a, like, an iPod, like a Nano that can only play music. They okay. can't bring anything, which is going to be hard to find. No connectivity. No connectivity. Can't connect to the Internet. Um, I mean, they still have a dark room at their camp. I so they have that. digital photography, but they also have a dark room where they learn how to develop pictures, which will be a lifelong skill. Wow. Um, so it is my daughters. I'm not joking. They transform over the summer. It is seven weeks, completely unplugged. And the most important thing I think that comes out of it is their social skills. Wow. That in those seven weeks is better, sometimes undoes a year of school, because mm-hmm. now they're middle school, like it's the worst. But um, the fact that these girls sit around playing cards, mm-hmm. playing jacks, playing talking pants, to each other, talking yeah. to each other, writing letters, writing physical letters. Like, I think about that too. Like, if my daughters were just sending me emails, I wouldn't be like printing them out and saving them. No. But I get this physical letter in the mail. I save all of them. They're so cute. It's their horrible handwriting because God knows they don't teach them how to do handwriting anymore at school. Um, It is. It is so good for them that every time I'm like, I need that. I need somewhere where someone was like, you aren't even allowed to get on for a week. You know, they have a camp for grownups, a tech-free camp yep, for grownups. I don't want to go to camp. Summer. And it's so funny <laughs> we, you mentioned we, that. It's so funny because when I when I was at Mashable, um, the, one of the first stories I wrote was it was summertime, and I was interviewing people about, you know, kids going to camp and, and losing access to all their devices and what would happen to them. And, you know, most of what I found in interviewing psychologists and camp directors is exactly what you said. The kids learn to communicate. They learn to talk to each other. They learn to have a good time. They learn to make eye contact. But what they told me was it's the parents who have a hard time disconnecting. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they would find that parents literally would send cell phones 
in pieces, torn up, you know, like in, in, in different bags so the counselors oh wouldn't God. find it, so that the kids could put it together so that the parents could reach the kid. They couldn't let go of, you know, you know, when your kids are at camp, you can't talk to them for a few weeks. Yeah, I designated think, calling time. Yeah, they have a, they have a, they have a once-a-week call, like, yeah. jail. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, <laughs> and so it week. was really the parents who were unable to let go of that control over, I need to be able to reach my kid at any time. Right. I think... Um, so where my daughters go to camp, they, they actually wouldn't allow those kids. Like, I know it's like a very wow. weird thing where there's a certain type of parent who's attracted to that camp because um, their camp doesn't even post pictures. So I'm not I'm not sitting there refreshing all day my screen to find pictures of my kids. They, I'm having anxiety <laughs> just thinking right. about why this. And why aren't they having a good time? Yeah, and those, they said the pictures made it worse. They would hear from parents if they camps to post pictures hear from parents every day. I mm-hmm. didn't see my kid in the picture. Why mm-hmm. isn't my kid in the picture? Or my kid looks unhappy. Or my, you are just it's like 1950. <laughs> you I send really your kids like to that. camp. It is I can't recommend it enough. Plus it's there's a whole bunch of other things which is like it's uniforms. So they're just like. Then all the girls, you get up there on visiting dates, all girls, and it's just a lot of, like, frizzy hair. <laughs> and, like, no the all makeup. girls is huge. It's all girls. It's and, yeah, and that also there. impacts things, I think, you know, especially this age where the girls are all on Instagram and using Instagram mm-hmm. as a social mechanism. Um, for them to be free of that and not be able to post pictures all the time and then see if they got likes and measure their self-worth in that is huge also. I can't handle that. That whole, like, I'm friends with um, some of my friends' kids who are teens. I just can't. I want to, like, unfriend them. Yeah. It bothers me. I have hidden, um, I mean, my nephew's never going to listen to this, but when he was a teenager, I hid him on my Facebook page um, when he was an older teen. Mm-hmm. Not because of the stuff he was posting, because he was fine. It was all the girls who mm-hmm. he would hang out what they were posting. I was like, eh, I don't need to see my nephew like that. Yes. <laughs> you know, let him have his life. <sighs> but I think I do, so I see, I, I see how imposing a tech Shabbat, for lack yeah. of a better word, would really be beneficial. But I have to admit, like, I don't know if we could, I, like, need that outside force to impose it, I think. I think you could a do day, it, though, a day if you I plan. You know, that's one of my main things that I love about flying. I love getting on an airplane. I hate that they have Wi-Fi I now know, on I planes. Do too. I wish that they didn't have it. I know, because then I end up working the whole yeah. time. And right. even though I wasn't... Um, I'm not going to say that I'm tech-free on an airplane, but I like to not be connected. And even if I'm just watching, like, The Housewives of Atlanta on JetBlue, it's something I probably wouldn't have done at home because, unlike Andrea, I always double-screen it. I'm always watching TV, and then I'm like, oh, what song was that? Let me look up (laughs) this guy and find out where he was born. Is that really important? But I had to know. know. Like, I I can't get enough information. But I'm also not retaining any of it, <laughs> for the record. Anything that I look up, like I was looking up stuff about Sam Smith the other day, that's pretty much all I could remember is that I was looking up <laughs> stuff about Sam Smith. But I I always am, am kind of looking and, you know, as, as a business owner too, truthfully, there's a piece of me that's checking my numbers all day. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so what, you know, what posts are people responding to? Do we need to add more articles on that? The first thing that I do as soon as that alarm goes off is I look at my numbers. Because then I see my international crowd who was up overnight. Right. So I get like the Australias and the South Africas and how many people were reading that. And my husband sleeps through that whole thing. But I, that's the first thing I do. 
And then I also, I don't know, I'm obsessed with Instagram. I can't control myself. And I'm like, what happened over there? Sounds like someone needs a tech show. I was going to say, Natalie, we're going to sign you up. I'm sending you to camp. But You know, I I do that on my parents. You have to be able to do it as a family. I think you really have to be able to tell your kids to do it and you do it as well. And it's going to, I think it's going to be just as hard for adults as it is for kids. I think it might be harder. Because I do think that kids, um, younger kids at least, they need to kind of be home to have mm-hmm. access to that technology. So if you're going out with them, they're not going to have it. Whereas you still have your phone with you. Yes. Right. And it's the worst example you're setting is that like even, you know, you look, go to a soccer game. All you see is the parents on the sidelines <sighs> on their phones. It's the truth. Or a Christmas play. Oh, yeah. Nobody's even watching the kids singing. Right. Louis C.K. has a whole skit about it. They were it. all videoing it. it. Yeah. So I just saw that. They're right in front of you. Put your thing down. It's ridiculous. So I invested in a tripod so I don't have to pay attention. So I can record (laughs) it from my in-laws because they don't get to make everything. But then I was like, I'm missing it. Yeah. I don't want to miss it anymore. You don't want to watch your kids through a screen. No. And I'm never going to watch that freaking video again, ever. I know I'm not going to watch it. You're never going to watch it. I've never watched any of the stuff I've It's good to have. And I watch ones from when they were infants. Like I did maybe... I guess I had a, a BlackBerry maybe back in the day and it took like when it took video and I, I have like tiny little like seven second videos that are priceless to me. Right. But those are much better to me than the, the 30 minute, you know, rendition of the sound yeah, of music. Who wants that the, the other kids? kids? Do. Once the other yeah. kids, we don't, care about, we don't kids. care about those kids. We don't care about those kids. And you know what? I, that's actually a great transition to the Angelina Jolie uh, yes. kids story because I think that she might find it very easy to take a tech shabbat because it sounds to me like she doesn't use a whole lot of social media. Yeah, she uses none. So according right. to that article, she and Brad Pitt don't use any. They've just claimed their names on Twitter right. and stuff so other people can't get them, but they're locked in private accounts. I think like on a totally separate thing, I just think they are at a stature where they can do that. I mm-hmm. think for any up and coming actor and singer, their social media influence is part of their package mm-hmm. for a studio. Um, so like that's them. They can do that. I'm sure George Clooney could do that. You know, Julia Roberts could do that. But I think it's so interesting with their kids and their kids are still a little young. Like the first one, just the oldest one just turned 13. Mm-hmm. So they're really coming up on it. So I think probably right now it's people talking about their kids right. online right. that they're monitoring because you would have to monitor that. It's going to be really interesting when those kids are like freed, yes. <laughs> you know, have a little more freedom, um, how that happens. I think hiring cyber like security I think experts, that's a lot. That is crazy. It's heavy. You know, it's funny because I read the, the you're, you're referring to a People article, which we'll post on the Facebook page. Yes. But I also saw her talking to Jon Stewart about the same thing. And I think the whole idea was she said that she just, it happens so fast and changes so fast and she just can't keep up with it that they hire people yeah. to make sure their kids are not getting into trouble right on social media and you know that just it jumped out at me before i even saw the article or you mentioned it rebecca i just thought you know i get it we're all busy <laughs> a lot of people say oh i don't understand it i can't keep up but i believe firmly especially if you have kids that age that you need to know about it it mm-hmm. it would be like saying I don't drive, but I hire someone to make sure my kids are driving properly because the technology changes too fast and I don't know how to do it. I mean, these are things that your kids are doing now. You need to know about Instagram. You need to know about Facebook. And, you know, even though they're famous and they don't use social in that way, 
I just think that that's a weird thing to outsource. Me too. I do too. I also think you could have someone monitoring it, right? So you're making on like a high level. Yeah. But I think you don't want your kids to know that you're not on it. Like Mm -hmm. if she has a private account, all she has to do is only follow her kids. Yeah. Right? right? Like if your kids have accounts, so you're following how many, what does she have, five? But probably two are on social media. Um, And same with Brad Pitt. Like just go on Facebook, private. Yeah. Make a different name. Yeah. Exactly. Make a dummy account. I mean, am I the only human that has a dummy account for everything? <laughs> I'm totally going to stalk my kids, man. Yeah. I just think I, that's really weird. My kids and can't you know, have anything unless me, I'm friends with them. It reminded me of a story uh, maybe two years ago. Um, the Today Show. Oh, the Today Show did a whole segment on Randy Zuckerberg's private Facebook picture going public. Right. And talked about the process by which someone took it off of Facebook and shared it and it went public. And, you know, they were all bashing poor Randy, who just shared her picture. Um, and after the segment, I can't remember, it was one of the two hosts, maybe it was Natalie Morales, but I can't swear to it, um, said, like, I, I don't know, I can't even use my fax machine. I get the kids to do it. And it was just like, you can't say that. You can't say you don't understand social media mm-hmm. because... It's here. It's, it would be like, you know, her being at the White House and saying, I don't understand what's going on in North Korea. I, I leave that to somebody else. Right. I ask my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm a White House reporter, but I, I just don't get North Korea. Right. So. Well, it's like no woman would say that now about their house. Like, that's like that 1950 stereotype where right? you'd mm-hmm. have a woman being like, I don't understand politics. I just ask my husband how to vote. Right. Okay. Like, that's basically what you're doing. You're like acquiescing power. Except in this case, it's even worse. It's like to your kids who are then like, awesome, my mom right. doesn't know anything. smarter than you. Yeah. Right. And even if you think they are and know it better, don't tell them that. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, the majority of the listeners are not going to be able to relate to the story. Because if they found this podcast, they are tech savvy, you know, social media savvy parents. And they are going to be the ones that are checking their kids' pages. But I would I, hope. You'd be surprised. But, you know, the thing is, is how do you trust a security professional to make a judgment call on yeah. something that is appropriate and isn't appropriate? You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Right. I understand monitoring for, you know, threats. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want a, if I were a celebrity and I knew that my kids were targets, um, I would absolutely have someone constantly mm-hmm. monitoring for that. And I guess you want your kid to be monitored for stupidity mm-hmm. um, if they're that public of a figure. That, you know, there's... If she doesn't have time, um, but it doesn't sound like she doesn't have time. It sounds like she doesn't have the inclination. Yeah. Like she really wants to steer clear. And that's what's sort of crazy. Like you can't tell me while you're sitting on a film set, you can't check your your Instagram that only has your kid Mm -hmm. and say, oh, wow, my kid just put a whatever picture up um, and catch it. And just being reliant. I think that's what's so weird. Plus, the other thing is sort of like not knowing your kid's friends. Mm Mm-hmm. This is where your kid is living a big part of their life. Like, there is no differentiation, really, between that online and real life world. Anymore. No, not at all. And, like, the definition of a friend, right, drastically changed. But they're still only 13. Yeah. So, like, they don't get that. So you're basically saying, I don't want to meet my kid's friends that they're hanging out with. Because that is who they're spending time with is these people they're following and the people who are following them. 
So I think that is, it's just weird. It's like almost this attempt to be cool by saying you're not into it. Yeah, I don't get that. I think that's very irresponsible of her to, to say I that publicly. If, if that, even if that's what's happening, I don't think that she should have said that. Yeah. It makes, now that I'm, I think less of her now. Not that she was like, you know, my model mom, that the one that I'm using. (laughs) Yeah, my role model model mom. But uh, I think that she shouldn't have said that. And I think that your kids always, you fake it till you make it, you know? And the kids should think that you're watching everything. My daughter is so guilty of things. (laughs) When she plays, she was playing that new game. I think it's called Roblox or whatever that everybody's playing as I sit here and roll my eyes. Yeah, we got a bunch of reviews for that on Kids Views. Oh, Oh, my my gosh. All the kids today are playing it. Well, apparently they can live chat. Yes. And so... Which is why they're supposed to be 13 and older. Well, they... Listen, (laughs) they're playing right there in front of me. Yeah. So we're playing together. Well, we're not really playing together. She's playing. And then she's like... My daughter will be like, oh my gosh, I think somebody's flirting with somebody else. And I'm like, get out of that room. <laughs> get out. And she's like, I can't, Mom. I'm too young for this. I'm like, that nobody's forcing you to sit there and play. But I love how she is like Queen Tattletale, where my son, all of that, it's white noise to him. Right. He's not even paying attention to anybody speaking or whatever. He's like, I got to make this pizza or right. whatever the game is. Right. I have to. It's uh, There was there was one version of it and they're in jail and they have to make food like what's happening it's what's like, happening to this game yes <laughs> what's going on here but for girls I think girls are very sensitive yes and I th- raising a girl and raising a boy it's 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 weird it's well, very girls weird girls are the primary users of social media um Teen boys are not as active on Instagram, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, later on they catch up. Um, but there's there's a lot of just it's all girl. I mean, Instagram yeah. is such a girl app. It oh, is God. crazy, it is. and it's the Pinterest of younger girls. It, oh yeah, and you got it, but you got to be on it. Like you just have to be there. So. Yeah. So, Angelina, this is an open letter to you. Yeah. Get, get your butt. Just learn. Just check it out. Yeah. Just follow your own kid. Also, my kids aren't allowed to have passwords. Oh, yeah. I need to know all passwords. I love when I go to a friend's house and somebody's iPad is locked and I'll say, like, like I want to Google that Sam Smith again, right? So I'll say, you know, how do I get into this? And they'll be like, I don't know. How do you not know a password right. to a device? Is your child pay for that iPad? Give me Did a your break. child pay the monthly bill for your Wi-Fi? You know, no. when when my kids get absolutely out of control and they won't take a tech break, I change the Wi-Fi password. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. I love it. it that's my, like, it's power like the best control trip. <laughs> I'm like, Mwahaha, only I know it now. There was, um, it was a, maybe it was sometime earlier this year where someone posted that on, on Instagram, um, Facebook, but the, someone, a mom had made a chart, like, mm-hmm. you get the Wi-Fi password after you, and it said, like, make your bed. Yes. <laughs> like, it had a list of chores, and she does it every day. Oh, that's I, great. I think is. I don't so think I could smart. stay up on it every day, though. Oh, me neither. I couldn't remember Jeez. it. Then I wouldn't be able to get on. I'd be like, what the hell did I change it to? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, they figure out my pattern soon. Totally. 010972111. Yeah. It's my birthday, it's your birthday. Um, all right. Well, so this is what we've agreed basically today, right? <laughs> Don't, you're good enough, damn it. Don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Take a tech break, but it's got to be the whole family. Don't mm-hmm. be a hypocrite. And Angelina Jolie needs to get her butt on Instagram and Facebook and follow her own children. Yes. All right.
So, Andrea, what's your recommendation for the week for our listeners? What's a parenting bite that every parent should know about? Well, so I've got a gadget for this week that every parent should know about because there's absolutely nothing worse than being the carpool person or running around with a car full of screaming kids and having a dead battery, right? Especially in the winter. Yeah. Nobody wants to wait for AAA. They're great, but they take time. Uh, nobody wants to count on the kindness of strangers in a parking lot to no. come and jumpstart your car. So my favorite gadget this week is made by a company called Cobra. It's called the Jump Pack. It literally, ladies, is the size of an external battery pack for your phone. Really? Uh, it jump-started my car with a dead battery. Uh, so easy, I could use it. <laughs> Just the little prongs that attach into the battery. Um, we'll have a picture of it up on our Facebook page and a link. But you, I was able to start my car three times without recharging that battery itself. Why'd your car die three times? I'm worried about you now. Well, you needed a new battery. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great gift for a teen driver. It, I mean, my oh, son, I don't want him driving without this. Yeah. And, and wait, if you get in trouble, it's got a strobe light and a flashlight, so you can just set it up near a car. Um, and warn people away. And, of course, it has a USB out. So if your phone runs out of battery, you can charge your phone off of it. Wow. If I and owned it literally, a car, that would be great. You could leave it in the car for six months, and it won't run out of battery. It's That's awesome. fantastic. $129. We'll have a link to it. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, love it. Now, now I kind of wish I had a car. <laughs> I love that idea. I wish I had that when I went to school in Ann Arbor and my battery died all the time. Well, exactly. I feel like I want to get it for everyone I know who drives a car. Yeah. That's great. That is great. All right, Nat, what you got? All right, so I have an app, an app that I have been using, so I could see me using it with the kids. I know it's not a new app. I don't know if it's come up before, but I'm obsessed with Voxer. Yeah. So Voxer, it's a walkie-talkie app. It's a free app. Love me some free apps. <laughs> um, it's on Droid and Apple stuff. And what it is, it's basically, it's a walkie-talkie app that uses Wi-Fi. It doesn't use cellular minutes. But it's real time. So if you are walking through Disneyland or if you are in the basement and they are upstairs, I could Voxer them. And it saves the message so that if you're unable to play it back instantly, then you could listen to it later. So me and all my friends have been using this on a daily basis. And as a mom who doesn't have time to sit down and have a cup of coffee with my friends, we check in with each other every morning. So they're my my first mates. I don't know if anybody checks out our Instagram videos, but my every morning, my first mates and I, we just check in and be like, hey, guys, happy Monday. Hope nobody, um, you know, killed their children last night. So things like that. And then, you know what? They listen to it at their leisure. They could and I they add to it at their leisure. And throughout the whole day, I feel very connected to people that I do not have time to make a phone call. And sometimes it needs to go a little bit more than an email because it's so nice to hear their voice. Yeah. So I would say Voxer Voxer it up. And it would be great for kids, too, if your kids are in college or in school or in camp and you manage to get that cell phone in <laughs> in 15 pieces. With chocolate. Yes, that, that would be that would be my, my one suggestion of the week. I love that because I think... Um, my daughters and even I don't I don't talk on the phone anymore mm-hmm. and I do miss hearing people's voices like getting texts from my friends that I haven't seen in a while is just so not the same and my girls have zero phone etiquette 
they they don't even want they don't even call people they won't call people like they're They'll terrified. So I'm thinking that would be yeah. cool because they would boxer. You and don't then... need the smiley face to know that somebody's right. happy. You could hear the smile in their voice. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, I'm going so low tech, but we just got an office for kids views, and I'm a very and it's fabulous. Yeah, congratulations. I'm a very visual person. And part of my problem with working at home was that I had nowhere to, like, hang a corkboard, mm-hmm. hang a calendar. So I am doing a huge shout-out to the whiteboard calendar. Good deal. My wall. And I use it as a mom, too. And I actually don't think I could live without it. I have one stuck. It's a magnetic. It's mm-hmm. from a container store. It's awesome. And it sticks to my service door in my kitchen because that's a metal door. And I have my kids color-coded. Most of the time, they're together doing everything because they're mm-hmm. twins, so it's like one color. But I can put my stuff on it, their stuff on it. And so every morning when I'm like sitting at the Keurig, I look over and I can just see everything. Yeah. And at work, we did the same thing. So we got one at work, and I'll put a link to it. It's a really cool company. Now, of course, can't remember the name on Amazon. It's called like, I swear it's called like Daddy Organizer or something. It's okay. not, it doesn't have mom in the name, shockingly enough. But it's three months at a time. Oh, wow. So it's two months and the third month sort of slides up and down. And you can put for us like we'll put like online campaigns versus like a real-time campaign mm-hmm. versus like pitches that are going out of decks and color coding and just seeing it in a snapshot yeah for some reason it is so much better than a google calendar it is yeah you gotta it's see it being able to visualize it. It. i think that's great it. yeah so i'm all for visualization and i've been working on my with my girls on this so they also have calendars in their rooms Good. above their desks and they also have to have like a plain old whiteboard that they can just like doodle on and stick stuff on and whatever. Aww. And I do, I think it helps them too, like to see now that they're middle school, they have a physical, like a planner planner that the mm-hmm. school gives them. But I think when they look up and they yeah. see that their science fair project is due in a week, it's much easier for them to then plan backwards um, and trying to teach them those skills of like look for deadlines yeah. and go backwards instead of looking forward to your deadline. Are they responsible for filling in those dates or do you do you say like oh today's the day we got to put our dates on the calendar? No they're responsible and then I scream at them when they don't do it because okay. that's how things work right? But I'm it's like, good for you, you to put it. But it's good for me too. I honestly I can go into their room and know when their science project. Yes. That's awesome. And know when that's due or I can also like see, okay, they didn't put in that they have, you know, dance every Tuesday. Like they also need to see that because I think for kids, they forget to factor in. They have no sense of time. Yeah. So like, okay, well, if you have after school stuff, you need to now factor in like you really going to get home at five and want to do this and Mm -hmm. do no. So just teaching them those skills. And I my big realization this year that they're in seventh grade is that middle school is just learning how to study mm-hmm. and plan yourself. Like, I don't care what the subjects are they're doing. Middle school yeah. is all about learning how to become a student in such a different way. Um, and I think those visual aids are key. So that is my that is my super low tech tip of the week. <laughs> but then they can take a picture and share it on Instagram. Right? <laughs> Here's what my science fair project is due. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Natalie. It was a my joy pleasure. to have you here. We will have a link to your best selling book. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Um, thank you, Andrea. I'm glad we were able to get you in on the phone after technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Tech always prevails. Uh. Um, we will have links to everything we talked about today on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parenting bites, B-Y-T-E-S. You can follow us on Twitter at parenting underscore bites. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.